We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome into the Ultimate College Football Playoff Preview, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey. We have highlighted the best time of the year the college bowl season, and we took the most detailed look you can find anywhere. I'm Zach Blackerby with Locked On Podcast Network, and I'm guiding you through our final edition of this series. Thanks to our friends at BetQL and Odyssey, as well as our local hosts that cover these teams every single day, we will deliver our final matchup of the college football season, the national championship game between the Alabama Crimson Tide and the Georgia Bulldogs. Of course, a rematch of this year's SEC Championship game. For our first look at this game, let's go to Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins of Odyssey's The Daily Tip Podcast. Zach, thank you very much. This is the big one. We've been waiting for this when the two best teams all season end up meeting in the national championship game the way it should be. And Georgia just may be a surprise favorite here. Minus 145 on the money line at BetMGM. Alabama is plus 120. The dogs at minus three with the total set at 51 and a hook. How are you feeling? Yeah, we've already seen this line move from Georgia minus two and a half to Georgia minus three in some spots. And it's kind of tricky because this is a rematch of the SEC championship in which Alabama looked dominant, winning that one 41 to 24. But the big question mark in this one is Stetson Bennett going to throw two picks because that was really the difference difference maker in the SEC championship was the turnovers. Yeah, it was, and I I tend to think that that was a not a desperation spot for Bama, but they really, really needed that win, whereas Georgia essentially had their spot wrapped up. I also think that we're not giving enough credit to that Georgia defense that we saw. Maybe we didn't see it in the SEC championship game. We certainly saw it against Michigan. We certainly saw it throughout the entire season, and I think a lot of betters are going to look at this as sort of a one-game sample size and look back at the SEC championship. I think it's a a much bigger picture that you have to look at. Eileen Georgia here. The only thing that concerns me, I wanted to get your thought on this, is that Kirby Smart is 0-4 all-time against his mentor. Is that something that you take into account, or is that overblown? Uh, I don't think so. It's just one game, and, you know, like, they've had a great season, and a lot of it is the players on the field, and that was really the difference in the SEC championship. Those two interceptions were so huge when it came to momentum and keeping Georgia out of this game. They were playing from behind. So I think uh, this one goes a lot differently if Stetson Bennett can keep those interceptions, you know, from happening. But that being said, do you really want to bet against Nick Saban again? Like Nick Saban with extra time to prepare. I made the mistake of going against him and saying that Alabama wasn't going to cover against Cincinnati. Uh, I think I would lean towards Alabama here, especially at three. I think I'm going to go with Georgia, and maybe I'm being a sucker because you're right. Betting against Saban is usually a fool's errand. However, this line does not make a lot of sense to me because if you look at it based on their previous history and how Alabama has been playing since that game, then it looks like Alabama should be a short favorite. They're not. That makes me think that Georgia is the play. So looking at a total here, do you think the over is worth a look? 
because you look at the stat sheet, my goodness, last time out, Alabama had 536 yards of offense and UGA had 449. I don't think it's going to happen this time. I believe that Georgia defense is too good to roll up that sort of yardage on twice in one season. It's hard to beat a team twice in a season. That's why I think Bama's going to have a hard time. I like the under, and that's why I think it's trending in that direction. Yeah, I think we do see a different type of game this time around. The Dogs looking for their first national title since 1980. For more, subscribe and follow the Daily Tip wherever you get your podcasts, or you can listen live weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern. It's all on BetQL, your home for wagertainment. Zach, back to you. And now let's turn our focus to Nick Costos, the host of You Better You Bet. Thanks a lot, Zach. Appreciate it. And we are fired up for the national championship game. Rematch, of course, of the SEC championship game. This time, Georgia, about a two-and-a-half, three-point favorite against Alabama. Total in this game is 52. And, you know, we can talk about the on-field handicap, and I know you guys are doing a lot of that on the show. I want to talk about the betting market here because I think it's incredibly interesting. So we think back to that SEC championship game, and I bet Alabama in that game, uh, Georgia closed a six-and-a-half-point favorite. That's not me taking a victory lap. I just felt like the spread was too much. I didn't think Alabama was going to kill Georgia the way they did in that game. I just felt like the spread in that particular game was too much. Now we fast forward to the playoff game, Georgia against Michigan in the Orange Bowl, and Georgia's only a seven and a half point favorite in that game, and that line turned out to be not enough for Georgia. So the betting market, I feel like, the last two games that Georgia's played has had a tough time kind of setting where Georgia should actually be. And this is another guess, with Georgia just a two and a half or a three point favorite. So we've seen a three or a three and a half point or four point adjustment here, down for Georgia in here, the rematch against Alabama. Uh, I actually think this is probably a little too much if the number is going to be below three. I think Georgia's the better team, and I think Georgia showed that it's the best team in the nation in the evisceration of Michigan in the Orange Bowl on New Year's Eve. And I think Georgia's going to beat Alabama in this game. Now, the way that I want to play it is to take Georgia on the money line. So the money line price right now at You Better You Bet show sponsor, Bet Rivers, sitting around minus 135, minus 137. And I'm willing to lay that here. I don't want to bother with the points. I do think that Georgia is the better team. I think that Georgia has the better defense. And I think that that SEC championship game was a one-game blip for this Georgia team, and we've been saying it all year, best team in the nation, and I think that manifests itself coming up in the national championship game. So if people want to bet the side of the game and not take the money line, I would bet Georgia. Three would be my absolute stopping point. No interest in laying three and a half with Georgia. So two and a half would be preferred. If you have to lay three, I think that's okay. But for me, just give me the Georgia Bulldogs to win this game. That's how I'm looking to bet the national championship game. Georgia on the money line anywhere from minus 135 to minus 140. Let's now look at this game through the lens of the NFL Draft and throw it to Ryan Tracy, host of the Locked On NFL Draft podcast. A lot to look at here. This is a ball game full of NFL prospects, and from a draft perspective, really the number one game to watch this season getting ready for the NFL Draft in 2022 there's too many names to name here, but when you take a look at the highlights, the core players that have a chance to be the highest selected players in this NFL draft, it goes back and forth between Georgia and Alabama. And luckily, we've already had a preview of this game in the championship for the SEC. And there's a lot of takeaways from that. It starts with probably an underrated matchup that has not been really at the height of conversation, even though. It was quite a matchup during the conference championship game as well, and that is Will Anderson, the all-world, not eligible till 2023 defensive end that I think will just be crushing next season but is elite at this point already. He's had a little bit of trouble in the last outing against Jamari Sawyer. 
who had a very good outing against him. And in fact, between the conference game against Alabama and the playoff game against Michigan has allowed a total of two pressures at the left tackle position in those two games. Very much under the radar. You don't hear his name as often as you should. This is setting up to be a great matchup. In the previous meeting, Anderson had 12 total pressures, only one coming against Sawyer. We're going to have to see what happens this time around. Now, for Alabama's defense, going to control the running backs and the tight end uh, early options with the two linebackers, Christian Harris and Toto. Those are two guys to watch as well. I feel like in the run game, they're well-suited. The slipperiness of the tight ends for the Georgia Bulldogs is going to be a challenge. Bowers in particular, those are two matchups to keep an eye on. Bowers also not eligible at this point. The two linebackers are. On the opposite side, can Robinson run against the Georgia front with all those players? Too many to name. Obviously, Jordan Davis is going to lead the pack there because that's an obstacle to the run game like no other. Watch for the interior players there and see just how much they move around and can Alabama get anything going on the ground. What they should be able to do is get something going in the pass game. Bryce Young, obviously an incredible season to this point. Jameson Williams in the running to make himself the top wide receiver selected in this coming draft after transferring to Alabama. Not an explosive game this last week against the cornerback duo in Cincinnati. But if you look back a little bit farther to what they saw the first time against Georgia in the championship game, had a very nice day out and was able to get behind the defense a couple of times, went for 175 and two touchdowns that particular ball game. That really shades itself towards what we're going to see. Can Darian Kenrick and Lewis sign two draft prospects to watch in this ballgame, as well as the rest of the Georgia secondary, slow him down, keep an eye on him, so that you don't see those game-busting, get-behind-the-defensive plays. Williams has been very interesting the last three, four weeks in doing other things rather than what we saw early in the season with the, the deep ball routes and making the defenses stretch. He's been able to do some things even behind the line of scrimmage, but certainly in the short area yardage where he's able to get some yak. A very well-rounded game. I think that's going to elevate him as well up to maybe that number one wide receiver level. That's all in the offing here on this ball game. And then the highlight for the Georgia defense has got to be what you see from N'Kobe Dean, a guy who's been back and forth at the top of the linebacker boards here, including mine, for this upcoming draft. I thought he stepped out in this last ball game in the semifinal, and he has a chance now, especially if they do try to establish the run with Robinson for Alabama, that he can just set that tempo and make himself the top linebacker pick as well. Looked a little bit more explosive a week ago. Looks like he's a player that I think can take that mantle and grab it for himself. Those are the key players to watch for this college football championship. You can hear all of our thoughts over on Locked On NFL Draft. More of the ultimate college football playoff preview is next. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is kind. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Let's turn to our local experts, Clint from Locked On Bulldogs and Luke Robinson 
of Locked On Bama. So, Clint, what is your feeling going into this game? I mean, look, I was just at the Atlanta airport. I'm coming back from the Atlanta airport right now, and I saw a ton of Georgia people in there. I mean, it seems like uh, I was at the Mercedes Dome for the SEC title game, and Mm -hmm. I I saw a lot of dejected faces. Um, I'm not one of those that really likes to rub it in to Georgia fans. I'm not that way. Um, I don't think of y'all as a rival. Not not that I don't think of y'all as a peer. I I just don't think of Georgia as – like the way I think of Auburn, you know, or or LSU or something like that, because we don't play all the time. Yeah, so, that's exactly right. Um, yep. And I'm kind of cool with that. But I saw a lot of dejected faces like, are we ever going to be able to beat them again? And, I mean, so what is the feeling going into this? Because y'all look fantastic against Michigan. Well, see, that's what was so funny. You would have asked me after the SEC championship game, we came on here and we were just scorched earth mentality. No love will ever be felt again. We were looking at uh, buying tickets just in the off chance the playoff first round went well. And after that, my Daniel and I, our co-host, we just said, screw it. The whole thing is done. Football is dead to us. And then, yeah, that Michigan game came out and all the ills that happened in the SEC championship game, uh, no pressure against Bryce Young. Well, pressure on Cade McNamara and JJ. Uh, There was no Stetson Bennett, good Stetson. There's only bad Stetson. Well, we saw a lot of good Stetson. We saw a lot of push on that defensive line, a lot of pressure. So all of a sudden, yeah, now uh, Vegas comes out and puts us as favorites, which by the way, screw you, Vegas. I hate you for doing that. Um, But Georgia fans are all up in the in the hope in the exaltation and the excitement once more so uh, i think just by and large the fan base is excited for this game once again and i really think they should be frankly look if i were making a prediction today even i as host of locked on bama would probably pick georgia to win simply because of the law of averages but -hmm. you know as as somebody who told me once when i was playing roulette and i said to them it can't be black again when I lost on red 10 straight times. They said, yes, it can be black again. That's the whole thing. It can happen again. It's already happened those nine other times. This 10th time is, is, doesn't have anything to do with happening those other times. So, yeah, Alabama can win again. But I'm very, very concerned about the um, injuries Alabama is dealing with. Mm. And it's going to be really undersold. Nobody's going to talk about it. And Alabama fans, frankly, can't talk about it because it sounds like we're making excuses in advance. And that's not what I'm doing. But when you lose John Mechie, you know, who ironically we lost against Georgia last time, um, and Jalen Armour Davis, we saw him against this. Now, he's a shell of himself right now. He's our best cornerback. Um, we, we've got some issues um, injury-wise, and that's going to be a problem. And, and Georgia, as far as I can tell, if anything, they're getting healthier. I mean, George Pickens is back. Um, yep. is, is there somebody I'm missing or something I don't know? No, we're, we are the healthiest we have been literally all season, and I'm including the opener against Clemson. This is all the players that we wanted to see are back. George isn't going to be 100%. He's going to be 90%, 85%, but I'll take 85% of him all day, every day. And yeah, you raised a really good point. It was really interesting watching the Alabama game against Cincy. And I know they just did whatever they wanted to do after that first drive. I knew I was like, well, Cincy, nice, nice knowing you, but see you later. Cause it was, it seemed like a much different game plan. I was going to ask you, was that because of the injury or is that just because Bama came out and said, look, we know what we can do. And we're just going to steamroll Cincy up front and run it down. But Georgia's healthy as all get out. And I don't think you're making excuses. It's something that we've talked about. 
Um, we're catching if there is such a time to catch Alabama without Mechie and without a couple of players. Like, man, that, that's that's very fortunate for us right now to have a rematch while losing some key position players. Yeah, going back to your question about Alabama and Cincinnati and the game plan, it was pretty obvious to me, and, and again, maybe I'm overthinking it, that I think Nick Saban and crew basically said, look, we're going to go out here and just run the ball right at them. They think we're going to throw it to James Winston deep. Oh, James Winston, oh, my God, what's wrong with me? I'm driving home at, at 9 o'clock on a, on a Sunday night is what's wrong with me. James Williams, Jameson Williams, um, it, it, they think we're going to throw it to him deep all the time. And we're not because why would we when we can get eight yards of carry? And that's what's funny about Brian Robinson's performance. He had 204 yards on like 26 carries, I think it was. So he's averaging about eight yards of carry. And that's a, his longest run was 23 yards. How often do you see a guy when they go, oh, man, he's got, he's got 150 yards on uh, 10 carry or 15 carries. So he's averaging 10 yards of carry. But one of his runs was always 90 yards. So it, it like yep. skews the mean. But Brian Robinson literally was getting eight yards every time he touched the ball. That's, he's not going to get you any more than that or any less than that. That's what he's going to get you. So while we could do that, let's go ahead and do it and try and maybe reinvent or hmm, harken back to our identity of smash mouth football and get mm -hmm. ready for a Georgia team that's going to come in and be 10 times as physical as Cincinnati was. That's exactly right. Yeah, the, the physicality is really going to be different. That was the most obscure thing that happened in the SEC championship is just George's physicality wasn't there. Pursuit, tenacity, the things that made us who we were all year, the feared opponent wasn't there. And I look, Georgia fan, if you're listening to this, don't don't blame it on whatever flu bug was going around. Like, I, I have no clue what to say in that game. We just didn't have it. And that is what gives me hope this game is I watch the Michigan game and I say, oh, that's what we can look like. Now, if we can get the boogeyman mentality out of Saban and, and Bama, now we got something cooking. Now we got something going. Uh, so, yeah, I think watching the Cincy game even gave a little bit more hope to say if Bama wants to try to line up and do that, that what Michigan did, I don't think they will. I don't think there's any chance in, in all the world they're going to go to black to SEC championship game plan. But if they did, all of a sudden, Georgia fans going, oh, we – we saw what Michigan tried to do, and we're going to dominate that. Haskins got absolutely shut down. Um, so that's, again, more hope was watching that game. But I think it's a, a lulling us into sleep with that. And I keep on telling, don't, don't take that bait, Georgia fan. No, I, I think you're right. In fact, um, I, I kind of hope Georgia's like, oh, Alabama's going to try and just run the ball again. All right, well, we're going to just stuff that because I don't think Alabama's going to try that against Georgia because you do need – breakaway runners against Georgia. I, I really believe that because if there ever is a crease, you have to have somebody that can hit it and hit it hard and fast right. um, because, you know, Brian Robinson is the kind of guy who can break a tackle and then get you two extra yards. The problem is Georgia's not the kind of team that misses tackles very often. I mean, they did in the SEC title game, but, you know, I have a theory, Clint, and my, my mm. co-host Jimmy Stein gave me uh, this philosophy and I've stayed with it forever. And I think it, can be applied to any walk of life, any sport, any business. That, is, but let's do it in a football context. And in the, in the midst of a football season, in the entirety of it all, you can you play your best once or twice a year. You play your worst once or twice a year, and everything else in between is what you are. Going into the Georgia game and the SEC championship game, I was scared to death that we had seen Alabama's best game, and I was like, okay. If, 
if what we are um, is what I think we are, we're in a lot of trouble. But it turns out we saved our best game for mm-hmm. Georgia. And I think Georgia, I, I mean, I hate to say this because it wasn't like Georgia just played putridly, but I think Georgia played one of their worst games. So it was a great combination for Alabama that day. And what worries me is that Georgia's not going to play that poorly again, and I don't know that we're going to play that well again. That's that's my worry is that we played our best, Georgia played one of their worst, and I don't necessarily want us to meet us in the middle. Um, it, I just feel like um, I've been saying this since middle of the season. I feel like this Georgia team is a team of destiny, and SEC championship notwithstanding, I, I really feel like that's true. You know what? Yeah, this this has I mean, not to not to harken back 2017, 2018, like national championship and, and second and 28 and all that stuff coming out, 26 coming out. But there is this sense of saying, man, we didn't get the accolades before, but we got in the playoff and now run it. And you're right. I that philosophy is dead on. Georgia played its worst game of the season. Alabama had a crazy great game. Lewis seen decided that he had no clue what a stutter and go was, and he's never seen it before. <laughs> um, our linebackers just decided. I, I can't go an out route. I can't cover it over the top. Like they just forgot basic identity things on five key plays in the second quarter. And that was the game right there. There were five key plays in that, that just said, Oh, here's the game. You take away those. Yeah, you're right. Go back to the, the mean, the middle, but all of a sudden now you want to talk about talent. You want to talk about key positions. You want to talk about health. And all of a sudden that needle starts ticking in Georgia's favor and, and hope rises again. And I think that's that mentality. What you're saying is exactly on all of our minds as well for this game coming up. One other thing I said before the SEC championship, and I still do believe this. I think Alabama is going to have the best two players on the field. Like if you rank the players mm-hmm. one through a hundred, I think Bryce Young and Will Anderson, are the best two players, but unfortunately for Alabama, I think Georgia might have the next, eight to 10 best players. I mean, I, I think Nicobe Dean is unbelievable. Love him. I wish Alabama had signed him. I know it was close and I really wanted Alabama to get him. Um, there's so many other guys defensively that are just awesome. And, and I really like them a lot. But now the other key point to that is the quarterback position is the most um, important position in all the sports. There so is. if you have the best quarterback uh, and Alabama does, then I feel like that may make up for some of that deficiency. So I come back to, okay, this game's going to be close again. Every time I think, okay, if Alabama's got the best two players and Georgia has the next best 10, that's a problem for Alabama. Then I go, well, wait a minute. You've got to weight this average a little bit with Bryce Young being better than Stetson Bennett. And no offense to Stetson Bennett. That's, yeah. I'm not trying to down the kid. I mean, he, but I, I think it's pretty clear one of them's better than the other one, even though Stetson Bennett played out of his mind against Michigan. There's, there's nothing, everything you just said, that's the fear that I have. When I look at everything, the only concern I had is you want to talk about LSU and Joe Burrow. That, I mean, that team was a good team, but he, it was Joe Burrow that won everything. Yeah. There was no question about it. And all of a sudden you go to Alabama. Yeah, they is, there's talented player. Will Anderson scares me more than Hutchinson and Ajobo does. And, and I see him over there. But man, the, the cat that just has me up at night is Bryce and that's all he touches the ball every single time. And he has magic. He has this sixth sense about him where defenders are. So all that speed and all that tenacity, all that rush, he can mitigate. Uh, you're exactly right. I, I think your assessment is fair. And that is what gives me fits that I'm not totally excited because the quarterback is out of his mind playing ball like none other. Uh, so I'm with you. Let's uh, let me say this too, before we wrap up, um, 
man, I, I was so glad that Georgia really shut down Aiden Hutchinson because I, I truly believe this. I think Alabama and Georgia might have each two better defenders than Hutchinson. I, I really believe that. I believe Moby Dean's um, – I can make the argument. And, you know, then you can say, okay, you know, you can even say or Jordan Battles in the discussion for being better. I mean, because Georgia just flat out – Stonewalled Hutchinson, and I, and I thought that was great because I thought it was I thought it was a bit of a ripoff that he got he finished second to Heisman. I mean, I, yes, sir. Look, call me an SEC homer. I just believe that. No, I, I think you're exactly right. The two best defensive players. Uh, I know Jordan Davis gets a lot of it out there. Trayvon Walker is an absolute stud. Jalen Carter and yeah. Kobe Dean. And I think the loss of Adam Anderson, the one guy that uh, Georgia has leaned on to get more rush is actually Nicobe Dean. Blitzing him from the middle is our replacement for Adam Anderson getting out early on in the season. It's not relying on another defensive end. So yes, I agree with you. Um, I, and I think that's the game. I think it's the can Bama get pressure on Stetson, make him bad Stetson. And can we get pressure on Bryce uh, to do a, a little a la LSU and make the game close. That That's going to be the determination for me. Coming up, our national experts at BetQLU take over the conversation. Now for a national approach to the national championship. Experts at BetQL, RJ Choppy and Jeffrey Wright of BetQLU break down the game from a national perspective. All right, RJ. It's always a sad, sad time. The end of bowl season is upon us. We've now officially got one game left in the college football season. It's the game that I'm sure the entire nation has been looking forward to. Let's see Alabama and Georgia one more time. And this time, let's put it in Indianapolis for a national title. I say that kind of begrudgingly. I'm curious on this, RJ. We talked about during the playoff, if this game really, if, if both the two, if the game went chalky, which we kind of expected it to, and, you know, I, I think the Cincinnati game went a lot like I expected it to. The Georgia game went more than I expected. I will say this. After what I saw, what Alabama did to Cincinnati, I ended up taking an alternate line with the Bulldogs for a little plus 190 at, at minus 14. I never even sweated that. I'm curious, though, what do you think the rest of, the rest of the country thinks about because I think if you're someone like us that understands, Hey, this sport more than any other sport out there, there's only a select team, select handful of teams that can win it because of the talent discrepancy and Alabama and Georgia. When you go look at the 24 seven sports composite talent ranking, they have the two best rosters pretty, pretty significantly. And here we are, we're seeing this again. How much interest do you think there is elsewhere other than just college football junk? Oh, well, listen, I think in, in this game for the championship, there's interest. Um, You're handing out a trophy. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. They're handing out a major trophy. Uh, so there's going to be interest. I totally agree with you. Like this, they ought to rename the college football national you know, playoff the Interstate 85 tournament. Yeah. Like if, if you're not basically off I-85 – you're not playing in this game. And if you are, you're Ohio State. That's it. And there is, yes, there absolutely is a problem. Uh, so I do think there is a segment of the country 
um, that is not from the South uh, or a diehard college football fan that looks at this game like, okay, I mean, it's a uh, well, surprise. It's Alabama again. You know, like I do a show in Dallas and, you know, not a whole lot of the people that I do shows with are big college football fans. They either didn't go to college football powerhouses or they don't care. And they're, you know, they're, they're, they're professional, they're pro sports, you know, people. And, you know, they'll watch because it's on TV and because they're handing out a trophy. But if for some reason the game was blacked out, they wouldn't lose sleep at all. No, I think the way that it, I have an interesting perspective in that, like, like you mentioned, I grew up in the South and I grew up consuming all sports. But in general, like growing up, I was a college football guy. And then when I got out to California for college, I realized very quickly, you know, it was the Thursday night opening night, you know, right after Labor Day weekend, or I might even been right into Labor Day weekend. And my two buddies from the South, like we're all fired up and we're all pumped up. And we're talking about like, yeah, it's opening day. My roommate, who was from about two hours north of L.A., we're like, yeah, it's opening day. And he's like, wait, really? I haven't set my lineup. And he was talking about fantasy football. Like he, he yeah. thought like we were springing one on him. It's like, it just doesn't resonate. And I do think like that helped put into perspective. It's like, you know, if you're into it, you are into it. But I do wonder about the health of the sport at large. If it continues to just be, you know, a, a championship for the Southeast or Ohio State, does interest ever wane? And I don't really know the answer to that because I always argue when people will say like, well, it's becoming too regional of a sport. Guys, almost everything is a regional sport with the exception of one thing, and that is yeah. the NFL. Right. And, and the NFL is just a completely different animal. And so I, I don't know. Like in the end, you know, you and I are, are in traditional media and sometimes like capturing the best of a niche market, like you can have a career doing that. So I, I, I don't know. It's just kind of a philosophical question. Let's get into yeah. the actual game because I found this interesting. I got this uh, stat on Sunday from BetSmart's Twitter account. Since 1950, there have been 78 rematches in the same season in college football. The winners won the rematch 44 out of those 78 times. That's 56%. In rematches played for either a conference or national title, the winner of the first game has won 20 of the 32 matchups, so it bumps up to 60.6%. Based on what we saw from Alabama and from Georgia, we even talked about it last week on the preview show. I was a little surprised when we saw both teams basically win in similar fashions. I think maybe Georgia's was more glaring and shocking because you had Michigan versus a group of five. And inherently, whether or not you know, we, can, we can debate whether or not a group of five team deserved to be there, there was no other option really other than Cincinnati. Right. Cincinnati was no. there. And... It, I think the fact that Michigan was on the other side, it made people, it made people go, wow. Right. I was a little surprised to see not only was Georgia favored when the line first came out, it's now moved from, I think it opened at some books at two, somewhere at two and a half. It now seems to be consensus at three. When you saw the line in favor of Georgia at three again, how much did it surprise you? Uh, it didn't only because I had talked to a handicapper last week and I said, what happens? And I said, is it good? Cause I remember we, you and I were talking about this. I was like, maybe it just flips and it's banned yeah. by six and a half. And they said, Vegas doesn't work like that. 
they a game that happened four weeks ago and basically all the players are still the same. They would not market correct that way. All the numbers, Vegas still works off power rankings, right? And computer numbers. And I think honestly numbers, now way more than ever, I way think more than for ever. a while it used to be the, I mean, they always had power ratings. I'm not saying like they just figured it out, yeah. but the NFL has always in my mind, always been a power rating sport, at least in my lifetime gambling. It has always been a power rating sport, but college football has been more market driven. Yeah. And I think yeah. now more than ever, we're starting to see, hey, they they make the numbers. And there was a great quote over at ESPN's uh, chalk uh, column. It was a sports bookmaker. Uh, it was Ed Stammons, uh from the Superbook. I didn't want to go to Georgia minus three until we took a real bet on it. And we did. One of our respected players laid minus two and a half on Georgia for 40,000. So we went to three. And basically, like they talked about how they came up with a number. Ed had Georgia minus one. Rex Byers, who's also another big bookmaker, had minus two for Georgia, two and a half for Georgia. So they opened it at one and a half. And as soon as they saw the big players, the big sharps, they're like, okay, we're, I, I want Georgia. To me, like that does show how they think. It's now numbers more than ever. Yeah, because the numbers will point to Georgia. The numbers show you Georgia's the play. And, and I think this is an opportunity where Vegas kind of gets exposed because – I just don't know that this is a matchup for Georgia. Um, you know, just – and it's not in the same sense that Michigan was not a matchup for – like, Georgia – you had said it best. Georgia is just Michigan with better players. Yes. Like, they're the same team. Like, just one team's got NFL guys, and then one team has, like, practice squad NFL guys. And, yes. And, and that's your difference. Uh, this is not that. Like, both teams have got athletes up and down the field and I bet you both teams, but, but, but the issue is quite frankly, you know, there is a glaring quarterback advantage for Alabama and they, these two teams just don't match up. I, I mean, I think Vegas is going to find themselves as exposed as they ever have with this because the numbers do show play you. Georgia is the better team. Georgia is the play. Georgia should be favored. But I think Georgia should be favored and has no chance of winning this football game. Like, this, this game very easily could turn into the way the last two have been, 41-24. Yeah, I think the one interesting aspect of it for me is, you know, if I'm thinking NFL-wise, I think if this is an NFL game, I actually think I'm going back to Georgia. But to your point, with college football, there's more to it than that. And, and, you know, I had done a little bit of math. Alabama's obviously won seven straight against Georgia. One of my very best friends, childhood best friends, he's a diehard Georgia fan. He's telling everyone, there's no way we can beat Alabama. Take Georgia, or you guys take Alabama. I, he goes, I don't care. Like, there's a middle block. They can't do it. Alabama, at, uh, at plus three, they have only been an underdog 10 times under Nick Saban. And four of those were in year one. So if you date back to 2008, when Alabama first made the SEC championship game, they lost to Tebow and the national champion Florida team. They lost to uh, Tebow and a team full of murderers and felons. But if you it take is. that out, there's six times they've been underdogs. They're five and one. And their one loss is that Florida team straight up. And then they're, you know, they're five and one straight up and five and one against the spread. There's kind of just this other aspect of it for me, which is, if we're just thinking simply, one team has Bryce Young, 
The other team has Stetson Bennett, and I know Stetson Bennett played extremely well against played extremely well against Michigan. There's an element of prove it to me against Alabama again, man. Yeah, I like that. Look, Stetson Bennett. I mean, he is a serviceable check down type quarterback. He's going to throw to stationary targets uh, in this game a lot. He is going to, you know, I, I don't see he's not going to turn into Mac Jones in the title game. He's just not. He's not going to be Joe Burrow. Like Alabama has that guy. D- d- you're going to have to prove it to me. Uh, and I know Georgia is loaded up with fantastic players. And, and this is the ultimate blue chip game, right? 80% of both these teams are four and five star guys. This is the ultimate blue chip meter game. And I just don't know that I could trust Georgia to win this game until I actually see it. And I'm not even sure I'll trust it after I see it. Like, I mean, they were up 10 zip in that SC championship game and they got rolled the rest of the way. I will say the one area that really causes me concern in the cotton bowl, Alabama lost two offensive linemen. And they had to go back to the offensive line rotation that they had used for much of the year. And we talked about, hey, man, one of the most disappointing aspects of this Alabama team is the fact that this offensive line just has not been very good. And I do wonder if they have to go back to that. Do we really go back to kind of what we were thinking when we saw Georgia and Alabama the first time before the game was played, which is I don't know how Alabama blocks them. And maybe there's also an element of this. I thought one thing Cincinnati did really well against Bryce Young. I thought Cincinnati rushed him really well. Even maybe they didn't get him to the ground a ton. They didn't let him get outside and hit the big throw down the field. I do wonder, does Georgia do a better job this time? Maybe they do. I think the one thing is, is that what Alabama did is, is you know, they sped the game up a little bit and, and they made it so some of the big guys on Georgia um, you know, were, were off the field a lot of times. And this has got one of those games like, you know, you you know those teams in your conference. And Alabama knows Georgia as well as anybody. And obviously Georgia knows Alabama well. A- Alabama had no idea what to expect from Cincinnati. And they, st- I mean, you know, they, they struggled a little bit with them, like you said, with the pass rush. Uh, but if Alabama can speed things up, maybe the pass rush for Georgia doesn't get to them because they're just tired out. I think that's very much a concern. I think, the other flip side of it is if I'm trying to look for things that would benefit Georgia, I thought maybe Alabama would have a better plan of replacing John Mechie. And I didn't really feel like that mm. that was the case with that being said, I also think the way that the game played out and the fact that Alabama basically ran the football right down Cincinnati's throat at the very beginning, it felt a lot like to me, Alabama recognized after that first drive, we can win this game and not really show very much. And so maybe in the back of the mind, they're like, okay, let's, let's not show them all of this, but it wasn't proven that they had an answer for life without John Metch. No, it hasn't. We haven't seen it yet. Uh, We haven't. Now they've got five-star guys replacing them. Absolutely. That's one of the, that's, that's the difference in Alabama and Georgia and everybody else in the country is that when those two schools lose a five-star, they just replace them with another five-star who's a freshman and who's got stats and, and talent coming out of his ears and, and, and everybody else replaces their wide receiver, five-star guy. If they have one, they're lucky enough to have one with a three-star and that's the difference. 
Right now, according to BetQL, 73% of tickets are on Alabama at plus three. That's only 56% of the money. So while only 27% of tickets are on Georgia with 44% of the money, that is a 17% sharp trigger, according to BetQL. BetQL also has under 52 as a three-star play for them. Currently, right now, 51% of the money is on the over, while 49% is on the under. So no real advantage there i mean it's there's it's a situation where we've seen this game twice been 41 24 i mean i think if you want to go the total it seems like the over is the play it is but i'm surprised that it's only 51 49 percent usually yeah. the over is much higher than that people love nobody likes to bet the under except of course for me us we love it yeah we love it. college quarterback play is not great That will wrap things up here on the Locked On Podcast Network for the preview for the national championship game. He's RJ Choppy. I'm Jeffrey Wright signing off. And that is everything you need to know about the national championship. Thank you for tuning into the ultimate college football playoff preview. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade used with permission.